Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. We are a church that is for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are passionate about helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So if you're just joining us for the first time, we would love for you to check out our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. There you can find ways to connect with us and see what's happening at Crosspoint. Now, let's listen to this week's Sunday message. Ooh, fun. Double trigger word. Great. This is going to be a fun morning. So, (laughs) authority two, we think about governance. People who mishandle our resources. People who are higher on the food chain and force us to do things that we deem improper. Jim alluded to this in his last sermon, but today we're going to be looking at a closer look at submission and the family. We'll understand what submission and authority looks like through the context of the Bible in answering the question, what is submission? So, we're entering the last bit of Ephesians, the portion of the letter where Paul is speaking about submission in the household. Now, last week we spoke about husbands and wives and how they submit to one another and how they show love to one another and how that represents Christ and the church. Today we're going to be reading from Ephesians 6, 1 to 9. If you'd like to turn there, let's read. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering your services with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both your masters and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. So I'd like to break down this passage a little bit for us today so we can clearly answer the question, what is submission? We're going to start at verses 1 to 4 with children's and parents. Now, when deciding on what to speak on, it was obvious that the young single man should not be preaching on marriage. It's quite obvious. Instead, he's teaching on parenting. (laughs) Because I have so much experience. (laughs) No, but indeed, we're going to look at the Bible to see what it tells us about these things within the context of submission and authority. So, Verse 1 to 3, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So we understand right off the bat, submission or obedience to parents is beneficial. This blessing goes all the way back to Exodus 22. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land and that the Lord your God is giving you. 
Indeed, we don't fully understand this in our context because it is an Old Testament promise to Abraham that the future descendants of his would receive the promised land in Canaan. But there is still some truth in this as children receive knowledge and wisdom from parents. It is indeed beneficial. We know that a child can have a large amount of knowledge. One could know how everything about a car, but indeed, parents have the wisdom to know that that child should not drive the car. That is just not wise. Indeed, one of the most basic beneficial gifts that parents give is keeping their children alive. But from this, parents can offer the needs to the children. In this way, they submit to the child through giving them what keeps them alive, what keeps them growing, and what keeps them becoming a healthy, mature human being. And so this shifts us, our focus into verse 4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, I do believe this applies to both parents. The general consensus on this passage is to treat your children with love. And seeing this authority, the parents perform is one of love and submission to the child and their needs. And this submission goes much deeper than just keeping them alive. As we see in this passage, it's one about teaching. We find this in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 5 to 7, instructions for Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You should talk about them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. The Israelites are told to instruct their children in the Lord in about everything, at any time during the day. You see, we understand that as we teach our children, we also need to discipline them. And discipline not in the fact of punishment, but the heart of the parent to correct the child, to grow them into something that that is better than themselves. So, we even see this when our Father in Heaven corrects us. He leads perfect example. Hebrews 12, 10 to 11, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But He disciplines us for our own good, that we may share His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So once again, submission is beneficial. It is beneficial when we are submitting to those who are wise and loving. Parents should not neglect to teach their children about God and should not neglect their needs. I will admit our ministries here are extremely effective in discipleship. It's our main focus. It's what we go for here. But out of the few hours, maybe even half an hour of focused attention from your children, that is all we get in a week that contains 168 hours. 
So we only get a few hours of the 168. So this means it's even more important that you are teaching your children about Christ or this world will snatch them up and tell your children what is best when in fact it doesn't really care. So to recap this section, submission is beneficial and authority should be God-honoring. Now, let's move into slaves and their masters. To preface this, I think it's important to understand the context of slavery in this passage. We usually think of slavery as the transatlantic slave trade, which people were brutalized and stolen from their homes to do forced labor simply because they were either colonized or because they were of different ethnicity. But in this era, we see or as ESV translates to bond servants, slaves were found in the home with their master, as the master would care for them temporarily or for a long period of time. In any case, the slave would end up in the household to be taken care of. This may be because they had no other choice, they had their needs to be met, or they owed a debt. I'm not saying that slave life was easy back then. Indeed, masters had full authority to taunt and punish the slaves as they wish. But it's super important to note that slaves were part of the household, and we can learn from them as the church of God how to live in proper service, as we are going to read in this passage. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. So there's a similar promise here to children. Um, they would receive blessings and Submission to their master is indeed submission to the Lord. We see this as he calls them earthly masters, putting them in the shadow of the perfect master, who's God. Now, we see here slaves would be disrespected often, but we know that masters were to treat them correctly. Last week, we heard from Jim as he talked about wives and husbands. It begins with wives submit to your husbands first and then husbands love your wives. We see in these passages that children submit to parents, parents love your children. Slaves submit, masters love. <laughs> Jim said last week he does not fully agree with this order and he thinks it should be reversed and for the sake of taking the edge off and teaching people how to love. But I don't agree, respectfully, Jim. Because <laughs> I think Paul is extremely intentional in the way he organizes this passage. You see here, he's talking about people who submit first because he's talking about service. If we look at 1 John 3.16, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. What Paul's really trying to get at is Christ's love. Christ laid down his life 
before us. So when you think about submission and how it's really hard to do and you just don't want to do it, especially for that one person, remember, Christ submitted to us while we were still sinners. He submitted to us before we offered our love to him. And so that's why I think Paul very intentionally framed this passage with submission and service first and then love. So now we're going to move into our final verse. Verse 9. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. This verse almost kind of seems like a little finger wave from Paul at those who mistreat their slaves. And as I said, masters were allowed to do this. They were allowed to threaten, they were allowed to punish their slaves. But yet in the same way, they're to care for their slaves. They're to gain perspective, changing what they see, understanding that whoever they are serving, they are also serving the grand master who is God. So, we understand that slaves offer humble servitude, one that is not pleasing to others but to the Lord, and that masters submit to the will of the slaves as we are all underneath God. So, I'm going to recap this passage just very briefly. Now, what is submission? That is our question. We realize after looking at this passage that both submission and authority are underneath the realm of loving one another. Those who submit, obey, and receive benefits, and those who are masters will submit to the needs of those below them, showing them love of Christ. So, we see that submission is beneficial with our trust being put in those in authority to provide for all our needs. This is physical, mental, spiritual, and it is expected that those in authority will provide. In doing so, submission allows us to step aside and receive blessings. Submission is godly. We see that submission is to bring the will of God, is to focus on God, is to teach about God. Submission is godly in the sense of being loving and being in servitude. Submission is obviously service, is a humble servitude that sets aside our own wills to serve others. This defines submission as an act on our own behalf, a willing act, not something forced upon us. And finally, submission is humbling as we understand we all serve the Father who is above us, that all our resources, all our power, all our strength comes from God, and He sees us all. So submission is a thing of love and care. I hope that's the main point you get through this, that that dirty little word, submission and authority, you understand in the context of the Bible, they're meant to be beautiful things that bring us together through blessings, through a godly attitude, through service, and through humility. So we understand what submission is now and how it's found within the household, as Paul was writing. You see, he was writing from children to parents and to slaves and masters, because as we know, slaves were in the household. And 
He's writing to every part of this, but indeed he's writing a progressive message for his time period. He's telling families to treat children with respect who would have had no rights at the time. He's telling masters to humble themselves to slaves who could have been viewed as property. And Paul, for his time, was trying to make a radical point to change the view of family. As Jim said last week, Ephesians is a book about the unity of Christ and the church. One way this is expressed is through family, the family of Christ. There's a key theme throughout Ephesians as we wrap up in this final chapter today that there's examples all throughout. Ephesians 1.5, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. In Ephesians 3, 14 to 15, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Those in Christ are adopted into the family of God and inherit a name that is above every other name. This then becomes our identity. There's a quote by professor and scholar Trevor Rice Havy, and he writes this, Scripture does not say that family should be like church, but that the church should act like family. And this is really important because we need to understand that church, but no, more so family, has been present since the very beginning. It's present in the Trinity. It's present in this community of the Godhead. We see this community extends further out from the Trinity as he makes humanity to walk with them, to enjoy their company, to be together. So in addition to this, submission is not something that just pertains to us. We see a perfect example of Jesus who is sent by the Father onto earth to submit to his authority. Now, of course, the Trinity is equal in all parts in authority, in power, in holiness, in glory. Yet, this makes it even greater because Jesus willingly submits to the Father. He submits in the way that says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus submits his will to the Father as a role model for us to follow and dies on the cross. In the same way, the Holy Spirit submitted to the will of Christ and was sent out as a helper for us. So this should guide how our attitude is to one another and to those around us. Jesus sets a prime example of laying down life and service. So therefore, we don't have any excuse otherwise. So all this is to say that Paul is writing to the Ephesians about family, the family of Christ. That's what we're wrapping up here today. He's bringing it all into context of the household, but he's not just talking about the household, the home. He's talking about the family of Christ. So, you might say, that's a very nice way to say that we are a strong-knit community. But no, it's more than that. The old saying goes, you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your family. <laughs> or maybe it's the other way. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Either way, it doesn't matter. But, 
And this is true. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is the bloodline within us that makes us kin. When we invite the Holy Spirit into our Christian walk, we understand that the Holy Spirit enters our lives. He enters my life. He enters your life. He enters all the lives of those who accept him and therefore makes us blood. In addition to this, as I said, there is a name above every other name that is our banner in which we stand under, which is the name of the Father. In reality, you may not have chosen this place or the people who came into it, but we are family. Look around. Those who are in the space are not just strangers, they're your blood. It's kind of a weird thing to say, right? You're like, I just walked in here for coffee and a message. I didn't ask to get a whole new family. Oh boy. <laughs> but indeed, we enter the household from different places. And this is just a building, that's fine. But without us, this place can only be defined as a house. But with us in it, it can be defined as a home. We meet every Sunday like a mini family reunion between us and our Father. Once again, it's more than this. We're more than just seeing each other as brothers and sisters once a week. We're to act like family. We're to stick together like family through the good and bad. 1 Corinthians 12 Paul talks about gifts in the unity of the body, the body being Christ and Christ being us. And he says here, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices in it. So we are to be intertwined. No one person can do it alone. So we understand that submission is beneficial, godly. It is done in servitude and humility. We know that the family should be serving and honoring God. Paul writes to the household about submission. And we are the household, and we should be put into the effect of serving one another in the body of Christ. How different is it when you think about entering this place and you know that people are here to serve you in the same way you are to serve them? Is it just a little bit comforting to know that about a hundred or so, hundred more people have your back? It's pretty... That's pretty significant. Can I share with you one of my most prized possessions? Okay. This is one I would run into the burning building for. We have here a picture. This picture was taken a long time ago when I was a much younger man. <laughs> this picture here is of seven guys who made up a youth group, a small group within youth. And I'll tell you, the experience we had together made us family. Our journey through teenagehood is intertwined with triumphs and struggles. We didn't get everything right. We often didn't. We were teens. But we did it together. And the things that we did get right, we celebrated. On the topic of submission, us as a group of men, a family, submitted one another, our time and our resources. The greatest example of this was our leader, who goes by the nickname Old Man Rick. He could have fun when he needed to have fun, and he could be serious when he needed to be serious, 
But in regards to the family, this man was in his 50s and was more of a grandfather, an uncle, or a father to those who didn't have those role models in their life. He offered his time and his wisdom, and in the humble act of submission, in which we can never repay him, he submitted to our needs, and he represented what good authority looks like. This is what I know of family, because this is what I grew up with. These people I'm not related to, and I honestly don't talk to a lot, but I do pray for them, and I know that their experiences shape me, and when I see them, I am just so glad. Also, the man I'm speaking of is here today, and later you can rub his bald head for good luck. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> so, Crosspoint. Crosspoint family. I'm telling you we need to submit to one another. Let us submit to one another and have open ears to hear. Let us see the needs. Let not something that someone needs go unnoticed. Our ministries indeed don't function without volunteers, but may I change your perspective? Our act of submission to the Lord together does not function if brothers and sisters are not willing to step out in service. When we submit to one another, we submit to the Lord as he is all our master. There's a time to reach out. There's a time to see who needs help. There's a time to see that parent who needs an extra hand, our aunt and uncle who needs help, to those brothers and sisters who behind the veil are struggling with things much deeper. Therefore, we submit to the will of Christ, the Trinity, and the gospel, sacrificing our time, our resources, our life, and this is of utmost importance. If we were to obey Christ and his family, which is found in Christ, then we are to serve one another and the body of Christ's family. And this is of greater importance because we are serving the gospel. We are serving one another. We are rejuvenating one another. When we demonstrate the submission, we love one another. And as a household, we demonstrate the light of the world. As I said earlier, the Bible tells us the household is radical. It's radical in Paul's day, as many would see, and it's also radical today. People will watch us. They do. I know they do. There's many eyes in many places, and they see, oh, that child submits to the authority of their parent, and yet they're becoming kind and gentle humans who follow Christ. Why is that? Or, oh, I've entered this weird building. And these people are closer than any other group I've ever seen. Why? Why? For many people, they've never experienced true love within a family. And they enter here and they go, what are these people doing? How did they get that? When we demonstrate the submission to one another, we demonstrate the love of Christ. I know it kind of rhymes, but when we live in submission to one another, it leads to the gospel mission. Submission is our mission. We do this within our workplace, we do this within our families, and we do it here within the family of Christ. 
So, this sermon, we learned that submission is godly, it's beneficial, it's done in humility and servitude. These things we must do as we live life in the family. Submission is the act of serving one another and setting aside our own will for the benefit of another. May this be our heart as a church. May we not sit idly by and seek to be served, but seek to serve. So please, look around the room. Just take a second. Don't make weird eye contact, but you can look around the room. (laughs) Some of these people you see, you think are strangers, but in fact, they're your relative that you don't know their name yet. Some of these people are brief acquaintances. No, they're your brother and sister who seeks to be in community with you. Some of them are your friends, but they're just your blood who's here to love you and submit to your wills and needs through the love of Christ. So, remember this cross point. These people in this room, they are more than just people who come and pluck their butts in seats to listen to a sermon. They're the family of God. We are the family of God to live in community and submission together, which is such a beautiful thing. Let's pray, shall we? God, I thank you for gathering us here together. Thank you for Christ who came down as a willing sacrifice through submission to offer us salvation. We thank you for the wonders and gifts that we could have never asked for. May we use them as humble stewards, as service to those around us. I pray as a family we would grow in closeness and kindness. May our strength be found within each other that stems from you, God. We pray that your kingdom's will will be done here on earth as our submission leads into mission on the world. And we pray that so many would seek to come in here and be invited to join our amazing family. We pray this with all the glory and power to you. Amen. So, cross point. Let me remind you of this. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are. Go out. Greet your fellow brother, sister, aunt, uncle. Say hello to your family members. If you need prayer, you'll have some relatives over here who will be willing to pray for you. Thank you. Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for listening to this Sunday's message. We hope that we've helped you in your spiritual journey and that you're drawing closer to God. At Crosspoint, we gather on Sundays at 10 a.m. in Northeast Edmonton and throughout the week in something we love to call home groups. Home groups are encouraging and transformational communities for people just like you. We believe that the journey of faith is done together. So we hope that you'll connect with us at thecrosspointchurch.ca. Now, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are.